Welcome back to another episode of the Fish and Coach Show. I'm Brandon Fisher. This is Coach Ratner. And today we're looking into the three questions you must ask before you get married. Coach, these are big questions. These are huge questions. And this, by the way, is not just maybe getting married. I put that in there because that's a big thing. But really, before you go into any relationship, because you're going to go into a relationship, what's the purpose of it? Obviously, you're going into a relationship for fun. Well, then you don't need to ask these questions. Right. But the problem is, which we, we discussed in previous podcasts, is that you go into a relationship for fun, it ends up becoming serious, and then you wonder why after you got married five years later, you're having a hard time. You probably wanted to know these three questions. You're right, and you probably went into dating without clarity while you're mm. dating. So you want to ask, before you decide to marry someone, you want to ask these three questions. All right, what are they? Okay, number one, this is very easy. Are you physically attracted to them? Now, that seems pretty obvious, doesn't it? Sounds like a question, but, but you have uh, to. But, but but uh, physicality is a very big part of marriage. In fact, a lot of marriages fall apart because they're not they're not physical with each other. You know, you'll see, many times you see people going to marriage counselors and like, yeah, I haven't been with my husband for nine months, ten months, and that's an issue. That becomes an issue in the marriage. It's very important for couples to be together physically. You must be physically attractive. That doesn't mean that they're attractive. It just means that you're attracted to them. Mm-hmm. Now, how many times have you heard of a maybe a, you've gone to a wedding of a friend and they're getting married? You haven't seen them in a few years, and you go to the wedding and you see their spouse. And you're like, ooh, he could have done or she could have done a lot better than that, right? Oh, yeah. you know, they're not so great, but you know what? The reason is because you don't know them like they know them. Oh, I, I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. For every beautiful woman walking down the street, for every hot man walking down the street, there's someone that's sick of them. <laughs> Looks. Don't last. you got to have more of, of, of a, a connection to someone. But just because they're physically attracted to you, you're physically attracted to them, doesn't mean they're physically attractive. Ah. Right? If you have a good emotional connection with someone, they get better looking and better looking and better looking. So it's not about what other people think. It's obviously no. about what you think about it's about that what other you person. think. If you have an emotional att- attachment to someone, they become better looking people. Because you look into their soul and not to their physical body. So we got the physicality and the importance of that. But right. But now there's going to be more. There's going to be more. There. What's next? So, do you have meaningful, common goals? Meaningful common goals. Which means many people get married. They're not asking why am I getting married. They're saying, well, maybe in the back of my mind, you know, what? I really want to have children, so I want to get married. But having children is a great reason. One reason to get married. But what happens after the children are raised and leave the house? You might have two, uh, two, you know, a couple staring at each other in the kitchen, wondering why they got married in the first place, and the kids are gone because their purpose was just for physic- was basically to have children and to raise the kids and to raise the kids. Now, is that is that a, a meaningful goal? It is a meaningful goal, but there are more meaningful goals than that. Some people get married because I know, you know, when I was in the dating world, I I used to like to exercise a lot. I still do, but like you know, if you find someone who can run and you're a runner, it's great. You. You run races together. You have a common interest, but that doesn't last. How many couples do you know that exercise together? Once they're married, do they ever exercise together again? I, you, I don't know. You, you probably don't know about this. My guess is it's not as common. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because you're dating, you want to have fun together. You have a common interest, but once you get, you know, you want to you want to work out by yourself. You don't have to wait for somebody else because you have different schedules and things like that. So, coach, what are some examples of these common and meaningful goals? A common meaningful goal would be something we, which we talked about on on the three steps to finding your purpose. Right. Right. We talked about the idea that you have to have something that's meaningful to you in a in a, in a bigger sense, mm. which means you need to be. It, it could be it could be religious. It could be spiritual. It could be something that. Uh, 
as, uh, as working in the nonprofit world to be something helping when you're helping other people out, when you're giving to other people, because they say giving is living. Giving is living. When you're giving to other people, you feel a sense of purpose and meaning. So should this be more than giving to each other? Should this be giving to Well, obviously giving when you, love, when you love someone, it means you're giving to them. Right. You know, they, isn't there an idea we talked about one time about fish love? I'm not sure we've talked about fish love. What's do you know? Know about this? I, I should know about this. You know, like the idea that you know, you know, a, a, a student comes to his uh, teacher and he goes, "Man, I love fish." And the teacher says, "What do you mean you love fish?" He goes, "Man, I had the best salmon last night. It was with a, a bernet sauce or with with you know with cranberries and rice and vegetables. So lit. I love salmon." He goes, well, what do you love about salmon? He goes, I love the way it, t- it t- makes it taste. He goes, if you love mm. salmon, you have a salmon and a bowl next to your bed, and you read stories to it and take it on fish play dates. That's true. You don't love salmon. You love eating salmon. You love the pleasure that salmon gives mm. you. And that's an issue we have in our lives, that we get pleasure from other people. They're giving it to us. They're giving to and we enjoy that pleasure. So we're using them. We're using it, but we, that could, it might be an infatuation. We might, get them for, we might get physical pleasure from them, and we think that's love. But really, real love is giving. Because how long does that fish last if you're eating it? Well, it doesn't so last very long. not so long term. <laughs> there's a, there's a uh, restaurant our family goes to called Happy Fish. Uh-huh. And every time we leave, my wife says, I don't think those fish are so happy. <laughs> Right? So, right? so we have to have goals that are more meaningful than just physicality. It has to be more than money. It has to be more that we want to build a big house together, take fancy vacations. Because how many times do you see couples you know, driving their Bentley to the country clubs and they're divorced or they're having a horrible marriage? You know, that money, that money does not make you happy. In fact, I would venture to say I think you know, Bill Gates just got divorced, and a lot of these very wealthy guys just got divorced. Yeah, you got Jeff Bezos got divorced a few years yeah, ago. Yeah, a few years ago. Wait, did Bill Gates get divorced? He did, yeah. He did. He did. Uh, recently, right? I think it was this year. Money does not make you happy. In fact, I could even make the comp- the idea that money is harder. You know, they say, what is, um, what is a bigger challenge, poverty or wealth? Oh, boy. What would you say? I would have said poverty. What, why? It just seems like it's limiting the, and so hard. The reason why you're wrong. You tell me why. Because poverty, no one wakes up in the morning and says, you know, I'm poor. Like, no one knows, you know, I can't pay the money. <laughs> you know you're poor. You go, if, you're, if you're poor your whole life, you're poor. It's just part of your life. You're your being. But no one wakes up in the morning and says, you know what? I'm a rich guy. I don't have to work anymore. I can give a lot of money away. Because money, it, when you become wealthy, it sneaks up on you. You don't realize you're becoming wealthy. Next thing you know, you're... you're, you're um, you're able to afford things. Your, like, your expenses change. You get. You right. start making more money, and then your drive for money continues. It never ends. There's very few people that make ten million dollars. Like you know, what? I'm done. I'm finished. I made enough money to deliver. There are people like that. Like I right. said, for every for, for for every generality, there is an exception. But I know guys who are worth hundreds of million dollars that still go to the office every day and work twelve hours and they work six days, seven days a week because that's all they have in life. Mm. It's not a. It's really not a meaningful life. It's and, not a purpose at all. But when you have a common meaningful goal. And then each of the couple has different things they want to do with the money. But if you have an alignment of why you're making the money, what you want to do with the money, and everything else you're doing, right. you've fulfilled this second question. Okay. So what, wait, uh, one, more, one more way to ask, how do you find this out while dating? So, you know, it's, it's very important. Oh, yeah, it's so funny. I, people obviously, are, we know how to find out the physical attractiveness. That's easy. Yeah. That's, so, it's so funny. Um, What's the, when you ask someone who's dating, you say, what do you, you know, are you dating? So, yeah, I'm seeing someone. I'm seeing someone. 
Why do they say I'm seeing someone? Because once you see them, you don't need to see them again. You only see them once. You know what they look like. You know what you need to be saying? I'm listening to somebody. Ah, because listening. listening is a very important part of a relationship. Mm. You know, it's like when uh, you know, women need to talk. We know that. Women have a desire. Men need to talk too, but just not as much. Women connect more through talking. And men, don't. when they come up from work, they want to grab a beer and go watch ESPN. But the women need to tell the men about their day. And a very important idea is that you have to, as a man, when you come home, you have to listen to your wife, even if it's torture, which sometimes it is. No, I'm just kidding, honey. <laughs> so, That's so not torture. You, I shouldn't say that. So what are some questions you ask? So, so that, let's get into the third question. Off that topic. Okay. The third question is, this is different for men than women. So we had number one, are you physically attracted? Number two, do you have common meaningful goals? And number right. three is, for a man, are you willing to make her happy the rest of her life? And that's a big question. Because like, people don't think about that. Am I willing to make her happy 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years later? And you have to, that, that's, a, that's a big deal. Because, and I know the woman's like, well, what about me? Well, how come I can't make him happy? Yes, but if he makes you happy, guess what? You're going to make him happy. Yeah. It's just a default. Mm. You can make him happy, but it doesn't mean he's going to make you happy. So, like, he has to be willing to make you happy, and then it will come back to you. It will come back okay, to the man. So are you willing to make your wife happy? The rest of her the life. The rest of her life. Now, for a woman, it's a different question. Okay. Because we have, we're not the same. I know, like, everyone, you know, women's liberal. We're not the same. We have different drives, different needs. That, you know, men need respect. They want love. Men want love, but they need respect. Women, they want some respect, but they really need love. Wow. Right? The, the love respect thing here. Yeah, that so is a big difference. The women have to ask her before they marry someone, do I respect him? Mm. That means do you respect his do you respect his goals? Do you respect what he does for a living? Do you respect how he treats others? Do you respect his family? But it's a big deal because when you marry someone, you're really marrying their family. That's my dad always says he wants to he wants to have a new daughter and a daughter in law, but he wants it to be just like a daughter. Yes. And I have, I have amazing in-laws. And, and in fact, on my first, way, first date with my wife, first day, I think, I, I met her mother because she was living at home. She just got, came back from college, and I wanted to meet her mother. And I, I, her mother, you know, she invited me over for meals. She's great. Oh, that's so sweet. And, she's, and, and her parents are amazing. And I'm like, I can live, I, you know, as far as, like, her family goes, I can marry this family because it's an amazing family. She was already awesome. And so that was, like, a no-brainer for me. Twist my arm, I'll marry her, like, you know. <laughs> so, so. The idea of do I respect them? So like there are there are men who come home from work and go to their basement and play with their Lionel trains, you know, the, the electric yeah. trains, and they and that's their whole life is putting these train sets together. If you don't respect that, if you say to yourself, you know what, I'll learn to respect it. I can change him. I can change him. Forget about it. You have to assume the person you're going to marry is going to stay the same. Now, we want to marry people who are goal oriented. We want to marry people who are willing to improve their character traits and who want to take more meaning and purpose into her life and do things to help the world and obviously be a giver to you and willing to make you happy. But for a woman, they have to respect what he does. If you have a husband who's a, you know, an ambulance chaser, you know, an attorney who just basically chases down ambulances and gets to sue people, and you don't respect that, that's going to be an issue. That's that's because that's who you're marrying. That's who you're marrying. You're going to spend the rest of your life, God willing, spend the rest of your life Yeah, that's, that's who they are. I, you know, I've, gone, I've mentioned the statistics before on marriages. I'm going to say it again. If you might have heard this from me. How many people get divorced? Percentage of people getting divorced today? We know it's around 60, around 60%. 60% of the people, it's 50 to 60, whatever. Of the people that aren't divorced, the 40%, the 50%, how many of them do you think are in happy marriages? 
a small percentage. It's, which means if you get married today, you have less than a one in five chance of having a happy marriage. That's not too good, is it? No, we want to solve that problem. So anyway, the three questions you must ask before you get married, are you physically attracted? Do you have common, meaningful goals? And for men, are you willing to make her happy the rest of your life? And for women, do you respect him? So there you go, keys. One idea last before you, start, okay. before you end this. What do you have? There's a trick that I was taught that is unbelievable. For me. So when a man comes home from work, the wife should either pretend or be for real, whatever, because my wife doesn't pretend. She's on the phone, and she sees me walking in. I leave my phone at the front, uh, like on the counter, so I'm not walking with my phone because you're looking down at it, and I want to give her my attention. She's on the phone saying, hey, Sarah, I can't talk to you right now. My husband just walked in. Click. Ah. That is, you feel, as a guy, I feel like a king. Even though I know my wife's faking it half the time, I still <laughs> love it. I mean, there's been times I could walk in, she goes, oh, I'm talking to, you know, my sister, she's in, you know, Canada, and she needs to talk to me. It's important. Then she'll tell me it's important. But generally, she hangs up the phone, and I feel like a king. I was like, my wife respects me. And coach, I'm going to imagine that you don't walk in on the phone either. You get no, the, you I get off, off the, the phone, phone too. You walk but in I, I rather have ready to see your family. I rather have my wife get off the phone than come give, give me a hug and a kiss. I can do without the hug and a kiss. I get, whatever. It's like it's great. I mean, I love it. Who doesn't love a hug and a kiss? Right. Right. But I rather have the phone. I rather have the respect for my wife than her trying to make me happy. There you go, the three questions you must ask before you get married. Thank you for watching this episode of the Fish and Coach Show. We'll see you next time. Thanks for watching the Fish and Coach Show. If you like what you just watched, make sure you like, subscribe, and comment with any ideas you'd like to see on any future episodes. We'll see you next time.